Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our discussion of tongues and the study of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, specifically verses 20 through 25. The key to this passage are the verses that come immediately before this passage, verses 18 and 19, which read, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he teaches the true purpose of the gift of tongues in today's portion of this week's message, Tongues Are For a Sign. Observation number six. Prophecy, as distinct from tongues, prophecy is not a sign. Now, in almost every case, I commend the New American Standard Bible as the best translation that we have available in our day. But in one verse of our text, the translators added three words for a sign, where I think it's best not to include them. When I read verses 21 and 22, I said, note those words for a sign. If you don't remember it, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. So then, tongues are for a sign. Sign of what? A sign of judgment. A sign of transition from old covenant to new covenant in this case. So then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe. This is not for Christians. This is not for them to be built up. This is a sign to unbelievers. But prophecy is for a sign, not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. Now, It is quite possible, according to the rules of Greek grammar, that you could allow for repeating the phrase for a sign. Tongues are for a sign, and then prophecy, by implication, you could add for a sign. But in this case, I think the more obvious contrast is between prophecy and tongues, and then for believers and unbelievers, and for a sign and not for a sign. My uh, beloved Greek professor, who served on the translation committee of the New American Standard Bible, told me that this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 22, is one of the very few where he lost the argument in the discussions among the translators. Um, he, he did not want to include the second for a sign, and I think he was right. So in this case, I'm going to commend to you the New King James translation, which I think nails it. Therefore, says the New King James, 
Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying, or prophecy, or preaching, is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Tongues served as a sign to indicate that God's redemptive program shifted to a new phase, from being centered on the nation of Israel to now involving all nations. Prophecy or proclaiming or preaching the revealed Word of God, that's the activity that builds up all believers of all nations in all generations anywhere that God is building His church. Like I said, those two verses are the meaty part of the core passage on the purpose of tongues. So, where are we going? Number one, the rebuke of immaturity, verse 20. Number two, the reason for the rebuke, verses 21 and 22. And now, the result of proper actions. He's going to say how it's supposed to be, starting at verse 23. Therefore, if the whole church assembles together, so he's talking about when the church gathers, and he says, and all speak in tongues, and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you're mad? Who got all these people together that are saying all these things that I can't understand? And notice again, he's talking about the circumstance of the church being assembled together for worship. Church is to be for believers. But whatever takes place in the church should always be intelligible to everyone who shows up, believer or unbeliever. It's not wrong to invite an unbeliever to church, but that person ought to be able to understand what he or she hears. We are not a secret organization. We are not some clandestine brotherhood initiating people into mysterious rituals and secret relationships. We don't come uh, together and, and act superior to others. Even if somebody comes in and and they might happen to disagree with what we say. They might reject the message. Still, they should always be able to understand what goes on in a church service. And somebody speaking a language that the people assembled don't understand doesn't fit what the purpose of the church is. So this reinforces the idea that speaking in foreign languages, granted, as a miracle by the Holy Spirit, while it is something important, while it is something that was not to be squelched in the appropriate setting, it has never belonged in the church service. Now, let's take a moment and go back to when this gift was first manifested. Acts chapter 2 starting at verse 4. Jesus has ascended now. He's promised that the Spirit was going to come. And we have this in Acts 2, starting at verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, about 120 people. 
and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem. Who is the gift of tongues for? Jews. It's a sign for unbelieving Jews. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. People had come from all over the known world to Jerusalem for this feast. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why, are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and (coughs) visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, that's Gentiles who have converted to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, We hear them in our own tongues, speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They're full of sweet wine. They didn't understand any of the languages. They thought, They're just a bunch of raving drunks. Now, the natural reaction to the first manifestation of the gift of tongues was that those who saw it were astounded, or they either couldn't figure out why, or they were deciding these people are crazy or drunk. But the point is, it was a sign to all the Jews who were present, and these were people who, with very few exceptions, couldn't possibly have yet believed in Christ. So unbelieving Jews. And what Jesus warned about, they were now being told by the manifestation of the foreign languages, it was going to come to pass that Israel was being set aside. When the Word of God is proclaimed and people understand it, important spiritual fruit is born. If only tongues takes place, there's going to be confusion. Now, this manifestation caused quite a scene. We'll come back to it in a minute. But look back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 and 25. Now we're talking about when it's a group of believers in Christ. Verse, verse, uh, well, he said in verse 23, if you're all talking in tongues, they're going to think you're nuts. Verse 24 and 25. But If all prophesy, meaning several might speak forth the Word of God, and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. So, If you're in the church, you want to make sure everybody there can understand and an unbeliever can hear the Word of God 
applied by the Spirit of God, be convicted, and come to faith. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.